The U.S. Food and Drug Administration recently issued an alert warning healthcare organizations and patients about 11 vulnerabilities dubbed Urgent 11 involving IPNet, a third-party software component that may introduce risks to certain medical devices and hospital networks. I'm Marianne Kolbesek-McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with lead security researcher Ben Siri of the security firm Armis, which identified the urgent 11 vulnerabilities that are impacting medical devices. So Ben, please briefly describe the urgent 11 vulnerabilities, which I understand were first discovered in July. What's most alarming about the urgent 11 IP net vulnerabilities you found, especially as they pertain to medical devices? So we discovered 11 vulnerabilities, and there are a couple of key things to them that are unique and are severe and also touch specifically on medical devices. First of all, they lie in the TCPIP stack that you mentioned called IPNet. And having vulnerabilities, finding vulnerabilities in the core networking stack, the TCPIP stack of an operating system, is something very rare. These protocols have been around from the beginning of the Internet, beginning of networking in protocols used in com- computers. So uh, they haven't changed as much for you know, 30 or so years. And so f- the way that the vulnerability is introduced in code is full bugs, and these are not something that you usually find in the networking stack. And having found a vulnerability in, in that part of an operating system gives an attacker really tremendous powers. He has something that is not application-specific. It doesn't matter if he's targeting an MRI machine, a printer, or an industrial controller. If all of these different devices use the same TCP IP stack implementation, the IPNet implementation, they will be vulnerable in the same way. So that's first thing why it's so powerful. Second, there are remote code execution vulnerabilities. Six of, of the 11 are remote code execution vulnerabilities, meaning an attacker can gain full control and take over a device and run whatever code he likes on these devices. And third is the fact that the IPNet stack has been around for so long. The earliest of the 11 vulnerabilities was introduced in the IPNet stack 16 years ago. So this does go back from 2003 up to just recently when they were patched. And so having a vulnerability that is powerful in the networking stack, that is a remote code execution vulnerability that allows you to complete takeover and that existed for so long in the stack means that you can, that it affects hundreds of millions of devices and that an attacker can use them to, like I said, take over devices. This pertains specifically to medical devices because they are the kind of devices that you would find would have the longest life cycles uh, and would actually use code developed 15 or, or even 20 years ago. I think that, uh, again, why these are unique and why they affect medical devices in a special way. So, Ben, as you mentioned, there's the possibility that an unauthorized person could take control of a device. What is the potential risk to patients? Would this be a matter of a hacker potentially causing a device to malfunction? What sorts of worrisome outcome could this mean if these vulnerabilities are not addressed? It actually is quite worrisome. So, first of all, any remote code execution vulnerability is also inherently a denial-of-service vulnerability, meaning an attacker without actually putting in the time to study each of the devices he wants to attack and adapt a customized exploit that will allow him to gain code execution on a device. He can use the same 
vulnerability to, to gain uh, denial of service abilities. And so if you take, for example, a live sporting system that needs to run at all times, and an attacker is able to target this device and put it out of function, then obviously that can be detrimental to Section 5. But there are other aspects. Uh, in our research, we were also able to obtain patient monitor, a hospital bedside patient monitor, uh, which is also affected by the vulnerabilities. And we proved with this device that using the, the vulnerabilities, an attacker can also gain complete control over the device. And when you look at the patient monitor, for example, it has uh, you know, different vital readings, and can sound all various alarms if, if the reading, if the vitals uh, are not in good shape. And so having full control of that device allowed us, in that example, as an attackers, to change vital readings, to put on false alarms, and even display whatever information we wanted on the display of the patient monitor. So it, it can affect the security and uh, eventually well-being of patients. Now, Ben, as far as we know, have these vulnerabilities been exploited? And what are the potential risks to medical device patients, but also the healthcare computer networks when it comes to data security? First of all, I want to clarify, we have not seen an attack in the wild that used these vulnerabilities. Uh, The way that we discovered them is through analysis, code analysis of the IPNet stack static analysis, what it's called, in which you just, you know, there, you study the code and you find bugs in it and eventually you understand how these can be used uh, for vulnerabilities. But we haven't seen anyone use them in the wild. Having said that, as I mentioned, these vulnerabilities um, exist in the source, of, source code of the IPNet stack uh, for the last 16 years. So that's a very long time for vulnerabilities to be in a code, very popular code such as this. And we know that bad actors will work hard to find vulnerabilities and then uh, also to maintain their confidentiality for them to be able to use them uh, without the manufacturers uh, signing out about it and, and patching against them. But we don't have any evidence right now if they have been uh, exploited in the wild. I think the risk to patients can be reduced significantly if mitigations are put in place to eliminate the risk of these vulnerabilities. And I think uh, medical devices in general are connected to networks in hospitals and then are exposed to various attacks. And so monitoring them, their communications, and understanding if they are doing what, what they are supposed to be doing is, is crucial. I think the second subject you talked about is the computer networks of these hospitals is also potentially at risk from these types of vulnerabilities. We focused until now about the medical device aspect of Urgent 11, but these set of vulnerabilities actually affect a wide array of devices, not only medical devices. Some of them are medical devices, others are industrial devices, and some of them are also your regular enterprise-grade devices such as firewalls and printers and VoIP phones. They also exist on the, on the network of the hospital, and an attacker can use them as a stepping stone to reach access to the network in the first place and to be able to then target any other computer or medical device on the network that that is of interest to him. So, Ben, you mentioned that other industries besides healthcare could be potentially affected by these urgent 11 vulnerabilities. Any rough estimates on the number of devices or network products that might be impacted in the U.S. and worldwide? Initial part of our research, which you mentioned, was published late July, focused on VxWorks. Uh, The IPNet stack today is actually a product 
that is solely used by the VxWorks real-time operating system. The VxWorks real-time operating system is a very popular operating system. It's the most popular real-time operating system, which has more than 2 billion devices in use. Not all of these use the impacted versions, and not all of these uh, even have networking capabilities at all. But we do know uh, of, we do have several data points that say that this impact is with hundreds of millions of devices. That is our estimate, and, and it is uh, significant. Uh, our recent discovery that was what prompted the FDA to issue security communications was the fact that the same IPnet stack was actually used by additional operating systems, not only VxWorks, in the past. And so when you add these to the mix, it's still somewhere in the hundreds of millions of devices impacted, but, but it, it goes up. We suspect that these additional operating systems you'd find you know, millions of devices uh, affected by their impact as well. So, Ben, with that all said, what's your advice to healthcare sector entities in terms of assessing whether they do have devices or other systems in their environments that are potentially impacted by these urgent 11 vulnerabilities, and how should they best address these issues? There are things to do. First of all, the FDA, DHS, um, various health Isaac and other organizations are very much aware of this issue and are working tirelessly to find vendors that are impacted and these uh, then uh, issue their advisories and say what devices they manufacture might be impacted. On our website, we also specify the various advisories and devices that uh, we found or the vendors found to be impacted. This information can be accessed to armis.com forward slash earnet11. But there are other stuff to do um, than only reading these advisories. There are mitigations that can be put in place until patches are available. Uh, luckily, the, the way that these vulnerabilities work is by using certain very unique and not very much used fields in the TCP and IP protocol. So identifying if an attacker is trying to abuse these mechanisms in TCP IP to exploit one of the urgent 11 vulnerabilities can be achieved through various firewalls and IDS rules. We have also published some guidelines on these firewall and IDS rules that are also on our website. But obviously the last thing and most important thing, thing to do is to strive to install patches on devices. This will take time until patches are available and until it is possible to install them in a wide manner. But it is the root cause of the problem. It is the way to ultimately fix these problems. Looking forward beyond Urgent 11, the problem of medical devices, the problem of unmanaged devices in general, not only medical devices, is that you have an embedded device that might be running all sorts of code. You don't have visibility to what it is running, and you don't have an agent on it to issue any security. So part of what we believe is the best solution for medical devices, again, for any unmanaged devices, is vigorous network traffic analysis that will monitor any use of these devices, will enable you to have full visibility of what operating system they run, what TCPIP stack they use, up to the application layer of these devices. So you would first know what you have on your, on your network, can identify whether you have devices that contain vulnerabilities such as their urgent 11 ones, for example. But third, and most importantly, you, the, these types of systems uh, would be able to tell you, is the device now acting as it usually acts, do some behavioral analysis, um, or is it acting out of place? Is it doing something that is not that it is not meant to, to be doing? So an, an external approach must be implemented to the problem because you have so many of these different devices 
you can't inform an agent on them, and you must find a way to protect them in the time being. And Ben, finally, even though the FDA in the U.S. issued this alert, the medical devices that are potentially impacted by these urgent 11 vulnerabilities are used throughout the world, or is it just mostly products that are used in the U.S. when it comes to the medical devices? It's throughout the world. You know, the FDA is a, is a U.S. body, but uh, bodies around the world, they listen to what the FDA says. And, and FDA, like a Food and Drug Administration, throughout the world will, I hope, look at this um, security uh, communication that they released and understand that this is a real problem. These devices are not unique to the to U.S. market in, in, in any way. You will find infected medical devices from all of the largest companies. You know, Philips issued an advisor in Urgent 11, so did GE Healthcare and Draeger, which is not a U.S. company, BD. And so this is a very wide impact, and this is what you would have final vulnerability in an operating system, something that is common to very different industries and very wide use of this operating system. Thank you, Ben. I've been speaking to Ben Siri. I'm Marianne Kobasak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.